Now we get to get blessed by our kids. It's such an exciting time for them to come up and bless us. So if we can have the preschool come up, you're going to bless us with song this morning. Let's give them a big hand. Did they do an awesome job? Yay. You guys, that was wonderful. That was like a special Christmas gift for all of us. Good job. Hey, well, good morning, everybody. You came. You came. We knew if we opened the doors, you would come. Listen, we were, what a, um, what a perfect day to be in church together. Wouldn't you agree? 
I know that there are some who have uh, Christmas traditions that they're at home now watching online, and we want to welcome all of you who are watching online as well. But um, I can't think of a better place to be on December 25th than with all of you worshiping God in this place. And uh, this morning, we have a really special, well, one thing, I'm not sure if I see anybody with like coffee and treats. We lifted that whole restriction. Does everybody bring your, raise your coffee up proud? Look, come on, we're breaking barriers here on this Christmas day. All right, good. Well, listen, if you, if you want, there's plenty of refreshments out there. This is a family time, so if you feel like you want to get up and get some coffee and a donut or something, feel free, just do it. This is our living room this morning. And it's our living room where we're going to be together. We're going to worship Jesus, and we're going to honor him. And I'm um, going to introduce this video that we're going to show right now. And this is phenomenal. I have to just tell you, I'm going to brag on Krista and Cambria, which they'll shake their heads, but... They, along with uh, Joel, sorry, have edited, yes, have created a wonderful video that's so, so creative, and you'll see it in just a moment, that tells the entire Christmas story. So this morning, my job is much easier because they do their job so well. They're going to tell the Christmas story, and then I'll come up a little bit later and uh, share some words with you. Are you ready for this? All right, let's do it. Christmas story began a long time ago. But it didn't begin with a baby. It began with a promise. God made a promise after Adam and Eve, the first people, disobeyed him, and sin darkened the world. God promised that someday someone would come to bring light into the dark world. Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as a sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all the people because all sin. Many years later, God promised a man named Abraham that his family would have more people in it than there are bright stars in the dark sky. And one of those people would bring light into this dark world. Abraham believed and praised God. Genesis 22:17 through 18. I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. Abraham's family grew bigger and bigger and bigger, just like God had promised. They became the, the nation of Israel, and they asked to give them a king. Exodus 1-7 But the Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous so that the land was filled with them. So God chose a boy from a little town called Bethlehem to be their king. His name was David. David was a very good king, but the world was still dark. 1 Samuel 
12 through 13. Then the Lord said, Anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of, the, of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that, from that day forward. Then God promised David that someone from his family would be the one who would bring light into the dark world. David believed and he praised God. 2 Samuel 17, 12 through 13. When your, when your time comes and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after, your, after you your descendant, who will come from your body and I will establish this kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Many years later, God told a man named Isaiah to give a very special message to his people. Isaiah believed, and he praised God. Isaiah 9, 6. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah told the people that the one who was coming would be God himself. God would come to them as a baby. The baby would be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So people waited and waited and waited. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and, and name him Emmanuel and waited and waited and waited for 400 more years Lamentations 3 25 through 26 the Lord is good to those who wait for him to the person who seeks him it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord then one day, an angel named Gabriel told a young woman named Mary that she was going to have a baby. Ma Mary was scared, but the angel told her not to be afraid. Luke 1, 30-31 Now the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to your son, and you will name him Jesus. Gabriel said that Mary's child was a gift from God. The light of the world, God has promised his people. Mary believed and she praised God. Luke 1, 33. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph, the angel who also visited him in a dream. He told Joseph that the baby was from God and that he should name the baby Jesus. So Joseph believed and he praised God. Matthew 1, 20, 21. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in, in a dream. 
saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her, in her from the Holy Spirit, she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save the people from the sins. Joseph was from the family of Abraham and King David. God was keeping his promises to them. Matthew 1.17 So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David until exile to Babylon, 14 generations from exile to Babylon until Christ, 14 generations. Because of the law, Mary and Joseph needed to travel to Joseph's hometown. While they were there, it was time for Mary to have the baby. Luke 2, 1, 3. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Into the darkness, after all that waiting, the light of the world was born. John 1, 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This, this is, is the Christmas, Christmas story. Mary wrapped Jesus up in a blanket and laid him in a manger where animals were fed. Luke 2, 7. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in a cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. That same night, some shepherds were watching their sheep in fields nearby. Suddenly, angels filled the dark sky, singing, Because Jesus was born, glory to God in the highest. Luke 2.8 In the same region, shepherds were staying out of the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Luke 2.13-14 Suddenly, there is a multitude of the heavenly host with, an, with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. The shepherds hurried to find Jesus. He was right where the angel said he would be. The shepherds believed and praised God. Luke 2.15-16 when the angels had left the room and returned to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. Later, later, wise men called Magi saw the bright star in the dark sky. They followed the star across the desert. They found Jesus in the, the light of the world. The, the wise men believed and praised God. Matthew 2, 1 through 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of the king Herod, 
Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw the star at, at its rising, and we have come to worship him. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus came to be the light of the world. The Christmas story began with a promise, but it also ends with one. John 1, 4 through 5. In him was life, and that, was, that life was the light of men. The, sh- the light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. We believe and we praise God. How cool is that? Were you trying to figure out what was going on as you were watching it? If if you didn't know, that's right there in our service road coming in. Krista, who's incredibly talented, drew that all with chalk, and then Joel filmed it with a drone. So that was the aerial view looking down like that. I thought that was so creative. So thank you, guys. Let's give our kids a big round of applause again. I'm going to share with you just a few words, but before I do, I think it's appropriate on a Christmas morning for us to just stand up and greet one another. If you want to, and there's somebody that you'd like to say hi to this morning, why don't you just stand up, and and if someone's new, welcome them this morning. Uh, Let's just enjoy one another. Let's try to find our seats again. What have I done? What have I done? Merry Christmas to you, Pastor Danny. 
Merry Christmas, buddy. I'm so glad that you like each other. I'm so glad. Are you seriously going to get, try to get us to sit down? I'm going to try, Dan. <laughs> I will now quote scripture that the Bible says, do everything decently and in order. So let me call you back to order. That you would be decent people. Finding your seats. Thank you so much. All right, you've done it. As you have seen probably from um, some of the graphics that have been up on the screen and some of the beautiful art that's in the, in the uh, entryway, our theme this year is great joy. And uh, it's awesome to hear the great joy that's here this morning, and just as you guys greet each other and spend time together. Um, but I was thinking of the announcement from the, shep- or from the angels to the shepherds. And if you were with us, how many were with us for the Christmas uh, Eve Eve candlelight service? Isn't that awesome? It's a beautiful time just to, to be together. And, and it w- what was different about that it was at nighttime and it was all dark and, and it was lighting candles and seeing that Jesus, the light of the world, was coming. And, and the, the purpose of that tradition is to have that anticipation, right? Like, we can't wait. And this morning, he's here. You know, I, I like to ride my bicycle to church. I sound like a little boy. Ride my bicycle. Anyways, I like to ride my bike to church on Sunday mornings. And, and um, you know, this morning in particular, it was real quiet. No one was out. It was, you know, there was not a single car on the road. I mean, I even ran red lights. I was like, forget pushing the button, man. And coming here, just like that sense of just wondering what's happening in the houses, you know, as I kind of rode through Old Town, what's happening in the houses? You know, the children anticipating, did I get that cool gift that I wanted? Um, and, And just the joy that's there at this time of Christmas. And I love that the Bible calls the result of good news, not just joy, but great joy. So everybody say great joy. Great joy. It is the natural response to good news. Wouldn't you agree? The opposite is true. Bad news does not produce good, great joy. Bad news produces a lot of times fear, and fear causes us to freeze up. It's just a physiological response, right? Fight, flight, oftentimes freeze. And so I was thinking about, like, the good news that we get. If you're in school, raise your hand if you're in school. If you're in college, you're in high school, you're in junior high, you're in elementary school. When you're expecting a D, right, when you're expecting a D, and you pull up your grades on Canvas or whatever your, your app is, and you get an A, that's good news. What does that bring you? Great joy. Right? Great joy. It's good news. When you're just like maybe not in school, but let's just say you work a job and you weren't seeing it coming, but you get this like surprise review, and now all of a sudden you get a big raise, but you don't get more responsibility with that raise, that's good news, and that produces what? Right? So this is the context that we read this scripture in, that these shepherds who, who were tending their field at night, right? They were tending their, their flock, not their field. But shepherds, historically, in the first century, it was not a great job. It was not a great job at all. In fact, it was, if you read back on uh, some of the history of what rabbis would print in their materials that, you know, gave light to scripture, their commentaries... There was one rabbi who said, if a shepherd falls into a pit, don't bother rescuing him, right? That that isn't all. That's not good news or great joy. Um, That, that, 
you know, basically it was like to thank God if you weren't one who was a shepherd. And so isn't it interesting that the ones who, who God chooses to reveal himself to, who the angels give the announcement to of great news, are those who felt pushed out, those who felt like my job stinks, those who felt like nobody really cares about me. And now all of a sudden a host of angels comes and is singing to them. And when the, host of, when, the, when the angel begins to like let the glory shine, the first result is fear, which causes them to freeze. But as soon as they hear the good news of great joy, that fear changes into action. And they don't, they don't have fear anymore. They have great joy. And what great joy motivates us to do is stuff, right? Great joy motivates us to pass on great joy. Wouldn't you agree? When you're, when you're in, in a season of great joy, you're not just sort of like, I just want to be alone right now, you know? When you have great joy, you want to be around people. You want to share that great joy. And it's contagious. And that was the case for the shepherds. I'm going to read this scripture to you, and then um, I promise I'm going to be uh, just brief this morning. It's a special one-hour service. That's our gift to you. (laughs) Here's what it says in Luke chapter 2. We covered the same portion of scripture at the candlelight service, but I want to take it a little different direction. It says in verse 8, And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel of the Lord said to them, and maybe this is a word that some of you might need to hear deep into your heart, right? Fear not. Aren't those beautiful words? Fear not. Because some of you have received bad news. And when you do receive bad news, again, it strikes a chord of fear in your heart. But the message this Christmas is fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. By the way, that word Savior is an important one. Savior, we know that in the, in the understanding of the character and nature of God, the Holy Spirit is to us a helper. But Jesus is our Savior. Isn't it great to know that you have the help of the Holy Spirit, but you have one who has come down to save you because you couldn't save yourself? That's really good news. So unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying into into a manger. This Christmas, as I, I thought, man, what could I share with us as a church family? What could you leave this place with? Um, I would encourage you to leave this place with a a heart that desires to rejoice, right? Rejoicing produces joy. Rejoicing produces joy. When you don't feel joy, you're longing for happiness. That's the feeling, right? When you don't feel it, you're longing for happiness. A happy feeling is, you know, when your prime rib turns out just right when you're having everybody over, you know? Um, happiness is, is when, you know, things just are going your way. But joy is based on something far deeper. Joy has a lot to do with decisions and choice, but it also has to do with hope. And the hope that, that produces joy for us is knowing that God will fulfill his promises in your life. Do you believe that? When you don't feel like he will or your circumstance dictates something else, the temptation or the natural desire is to fear. The natural desire is to withdraw, to isolate. So the challenge for the believer is in all circumstances and in every way to rejoice. And the Bible makes it really clear. If you look at at Philippians chapter 4, it says this... um, 
And I, I, I love this because as I say it, this song repeats in my head that I learned as a little kid. But it says, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again, rejoice. How many of you grew up in church and remember, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. You know, so that, that song is in my head, and, and it, it, it stuck there because somebody, in my preschool teacher, my kindergarten teacher, Sunday school teachers helped put that life inside of my, my head so that when I read the word of God, it comes alive. But the word of God says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And if it wasn't enough to say always, he says, let me repeat it again. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness, or maybe your, your version says your, your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And then it tells us some things that it would be like, it would be nice if I could just figure out how to do this, but realize this is all tied together. Because what it says is, don't be anxious about anything. How many of you, when you feel anxious, if I was to say to you, hey, just don't be anxious about anything, how does that feel? It would be nice, right? You're like, okay, I, would tr- I really would like to not be anxious, but realize this is all tied together. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything. But here's the key, but, but, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made to, known to God. And here's the promise. And the peace of God, surpassing all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so my encouragement to you today would be these, these three things. And this is honestly what I felt like the Lord had shared with my heart to share with you. Rejoice. And this might be hard for, for some and others it might be easier. But rejoice in God's faithfulness in your past, right? In your past. That means that we have two different versions of our history. We have the one that the devil's trying really hard to contaminate. So a, a narrative, a version of your past that he's trying to remind you of the negative things and the bad things. But there's a version of your, your past that is worth rejoicing over. And if, if you could say, well, you don't know my story, I would say begin with the fact that you have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If you're sitting here, that he saved you. And then you begin to think of what it says in, in Psalm 103. Like you, you do your best to not forget about all these benefits that he's bestowed upon you. And so my encouragement to start with would be, God, in this year to come, in this day to come, the way that I look backward, I want to thank you and rejoice over the good things that you've done in my past. And sometimes those good things started with some bad things that God redeemed. The next thing that I would encourage you to do is rejoice in your present, right? And rejoice in this moment. Sometimes that's hard to do because in your moment, sometimes you're, you're just stuck right here looking so closely in the face of whatever you're experiencing. But rejoicing in the present, choosing to rejoice, having eyes to see and ears to hear what Philippians 4 later says, whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's praiseworthy, fix your mind on these things. How many of you get fixated on stuff? Come on, be honest. What's your Google search, you know? Like what the thing that, the thing that you're into, you know, you want to learn this or whatever you're, you're doing. And, and maybe as you begin to like get fixated on something, fixing something or a hobby or whatever the latest thing is, remind yourself, okay, let me fixate on what's true, what's pure, what's praiseworthy. And that produces joy and rejoicing deep in my heart. And the final thing, so you rejoice over God's faithfulness in your past Rejoice over his goodness in your present. No matter what, he's good. There's something good that he's doing 
And sometimes you got to look for it. But once you do, it becomes contagious. It becomes like, wow, one good thing leads to something else that you're able to see and your cup begins to overflow. That's what gratitude does. Have you ever been around really thankful people? I'll embarrass Ruth Ann because, Ruth Ann, you're one of the most grateful people I've ever met. And we all want to be like her when we grow up because of her ability to be grateful. And that gratefulness, that gratitude, as it says in Scripture, leads to a rejoicing attitude and joy that produces life, not freezing. The final um, rejoicing is rejoicing over his promises for your future. Hang on tight. Hang on tight. I loved growing up here. Pastor Noel used to say over and over again, your best days are ahead of you. The best is yet to come. It's not a cliche or a bumper sticker. Your best is yet to come because as, as believers, we know he's coming again. If there's only one thing that you can look forward to, and some days it's just like, now will be good, you know? <laughs> he's coming again and he's making all things new. That's the hope of the believer. That's the good news, the great news. So the one who promises is faithful. You believe that? Here's a, a quote from an author and teacher that I really like, Tim Mackey. He says, joy is an attitude adopted not because of happy circumstances, but because of hope in God's love and promise. Let me read that again. Joy is an attitude adopted, not because of happy circumstances, but because of hope in God's love and promise. And he goes on to say, as he looked throughout Scripture, biblical joy is more than happy feeling. It's a lasting emotion that comes from the choice to trust that God will fulfill his promise. These are willful choices. I, um, I, I want to close with this. Um, and you're thinking, close with this already. You've only been talking for a minute. And you've been well trained to hear me for like 45 minutes. But I'm going to read this psalm over you. And I'll invite um, the worship team to come back. Because we're going to end with um, joy to the world. Um, the author of that hymn, that Christmas hymn, was Isaac Watts. You know, Isaac Watts, prolific writer of theology and books. And, and, um, and he, he writes this hymn. And those who would later read it would go, oh, that hymn sounds a lot like Psalm 98. And the lyrics of that hymn, um, Joy to the World, it's long. I'm just going to read this little portion. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. He says, let heaven and nature sing, right? And, and what he's saying is, is based in the New Testament where these invisible attributes of God, the wonders of God, you know, they're made known by what he created. And so he, he follows that theme throughout his, his hymn because he repeats it a bunch of times. And then he says, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. And listen to this. Because sometimes we sing songs, but what does that even, you know, we like jumble words together. They just go with the melody. We don't stop and think of what the actual words are on the song. It says, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. What he's saying is like, the, I mean, what an awesome day. Come on, you guys. It's going to be like 80 today, and the sun is shining. You know, as you look around, it's like... God bless you, our friends in Tennessee right now. We bless you. No, truly, it is a winter wonderland that is amazing um, in the pictures. But this, this is something else. I'll receive all your texts later. But anyways, 
the, the, the reality of looking around this beautiful place that God created for us and looking at Saddleback Mountain and looking out over the mountains over here and just seeing this. Is this, this is a resounding song of joy. And if they can do it, if the rocks can cry out, like how much more you? How much more do you repeat the sound of joy? There's a rhythm of joy that's happening all throughout the world around you. And if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you'll grab onto the song and you'll repeat the sound of joy. There's another rhythm of a different story that causes you to want to focus on that which is not true, that which is not pure or praiseworthy, and it produces in you a fear that causes you to freeze, that doesn't enable you to have the freedom that comes with great joy. And so I think you get my point this morning. Um, even this morning, I've heard wonderful news. I was talking to Matt's dad over here about his victory over cancer. I see Grandpa Joe over here, who is cancer-free, one of the happiest men I know. This is good news of great joy. And so we have, re- we have cause to celebrate on this Christmas morning. God's doing great things in all of our hearts. Savior has come. He rules. He reigns. He's not slumbering or sleeping. He's not tired. He's not pacing the throne. The Jesus, King Jesus, the one that our kids so beautifully didn't just tell a cutesy little Christmas story, but they gave you biblical facts starting from the prophets all the way through to his second coming. It says in John that he goes to prepare a place for us, that, that where he is, that we can also be. This is so much to be joyful for. Amen? So why don't we stand to our feet and repeat the sounding joy?
So as we dismiss you, I want to read this psalm over you. And you're welcome to close your eyes. You can hold your hands out as if to receive something. But that song that you sang comes from this psalm. And the first line of the psalm says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. You know, it might feel new to you to rejoice over a situation that you once looked at in a dark way, but now that seeing it through the light that Jesus shines as he's come into the world to save us. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Now listen to this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous songs of praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre, with the sound of the melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. The judge, he will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. God, we honor you together this morning. We thank you that we get to be together on Christmas morning as a church family. I bless each one, God. I pray that you would fill their cups to overflowing. Let the joy of the Lord today be their strength. We honor you together. We love you and we thank you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you and Merry Christmas. That mountain only